Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. Did you know that there is a small museum in the center of Livingston, Zambia, that has just been opened? It testifies to the rich Jewish life that once thrived in the area. Among the prominent personalities produced by a Zambian jury were a future governor of the Bank of Israel, a long-serving chairman of Woolworths South Africa, and a senior World Health Organization official. To tell me more is Rabbi Moshe Silberhaf, better known as the Traveling Rabbi, who is a spiritual leader to our country communities and the African Jewish Congress. He joins me now to tell me about a new book that is called Gateway Jewish Museum Project by Shia L. Albert and David Sachs that talks about this incredible Jewish community. Uh, Rabbi, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much. Rabbi, tell me about the, uh, the height of the Zambian Jewish community. When was it and what was it? So the history why Jews arrived in Zambia was that they weren't allowed to stay in South Africa. And so many of them got off ships in Baira and traveled through Tanganyika, uh, etc., all the way through to into northern Rhodesia. Or they came through Zimbabwe, which was in southern Rhodesia, and they couldn't stay there either. And so the first established Jewish community was in Livingston, which was as they crossed over the Victoria Falls into into uh, northern Rhodesia. Um, 1905, there was already a substantial Jewish community in Livingston. As the country um, flourished economically, so Jews moved north when Lusaka became a, a capital, the capital. And then they moved even further north onto the Copper Belt. Wow. And there are, were seven Jew, active Jewish communities uh, on the Copper Belt. And each each one of them... Each one of the towns had approximately between 45 and 70 Jewish families. Five of them even had synagogues, and there are five Jewish cemeteries on the Copper Belt itself. So they really uh, arrived there and established themselves. They weren't in transit. Wow. And at its heyday, how many Jews were in that area? Approximately 3,000. We're not sure of the exact figures because some were coming and going. But it's approximately 3,000 people uh, throughout Zambia. And it was an active Jewish community. You talk about the cemeteries, uh, shuls. Very active, very pro-Zionist. Menachem Begin, um, Chaim Weizmann, etc. A number of prominent Zionists, uh, came, uh, David Ben-Gurion, came to northern Rhodesia to meet with the communities um, at the time. And particularly they were uh, huge donors to the new, to the newly born established uh, state of Israel. And where were they coming from? Was it mainly Eastern Europe? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Eastern Same as Europe. South Africa. Same as South Africa. Uh, yeah, so they, did, they just took a kind of a more northern… Sure. Well, they weren't allowed to stay here. The quota of Jews to South Africa was really full. And we talk about the Copper Belt. So I imagine many of them were involved in the mining industry. Mining, absolutely. Uh, from actual mining to the… Uh, uh, supplying uh, electricity underground to the actual digging to even uh, what the Jews did. They had uh, general dealer shops on the mines where they, uh, you know. The, kind of uh, the smos just smos, continued absolutely. Um, absolutely. the same Trade, story. The Basically Jewish. the same story but just a little absolutely. bit further Expanded. up north. Absolutely. Um, um, then Rabbi Solohaft, that was at its heyday. W- what's the history of that community then? The history of the community is just like every country. The minute there's uncertainty, Jews are on the move. It's the nature of the Jew. It goes back to biblical times. Uh, the minute they feel vulnerable, they move. And so there as well, they had independence. It was quite a peaceful independence under Kenneth Kaunda at the time. 
uh, Joshua and Como, and then uh, Kenneth Kaunda, etc. The point is that um, they moved out. Some came to South Africa to Cape Town was the the favourite spot, and then the rest moved throughout the world. And in England today, you have a massive former Zambian uh, Jewish community uh, who have established themselves in some of the hugest businesses uh, in, in in the UK. But um, they're very proud former Zambians, and they have a certain What's the word I'm looking for? A certain, um, not an affiliation, but a connection still to Zambia, even though they've left and maybe their grandparents, etc. But they very, very much uh, have it close to their hearts where they come from. And let's look at some of those characters, um, Rabbi. We've got um, Mr. Sussman, who went on to be the chairman of Woolworths. We've got um, Dr. Ron, who went on to be a World Health official. Can you just kind of talk talk me through some of, and, of course, a future governor of the Bank of Israel. Well, the, he's actually just the past governor, but, yes, absolutely. Oh, sorry, I mean. No, past. that's fine. So the Sussman family, we all know, came to Zambia at the turn of uh, in the early 1900s, and they established themselves on the, on the actual Zambezi River. Wow. And they entered into, a, into an, a, uh, a contract, into an agreement with uh, the king at the time who um, controlled that whole area. And they established, uh, obviously, trading along the coast. They had 30 boat canoes that were going up and down the Zambezi River, transporting uh, goods, etc. And then, uh, like all good Jewish businessmen, etc., they established themselves. They found a, a, they found a, a niche, and uh, they established shops and abattoirs, etc., in Livingston. And then David Sussman married Anne, who was family of the... Um, Marks and Spencer family in the UK, and Woolworths was established in South Africa. And in fact, David Sussman, who passed away a couple of years ago, he wanted he left in his uh, in his will that a museum be established in Zambia to record the Jewish contribution and Jewish history of Zambia. And that's the book which you're going to get to in a second. But okay. just before we do, you right. also said like wherever Jews go, they become part of the history, the part of the culture. And and um, there were Jews who were part of that liberation struggle as well. And I don't know if you want to just highlight some characters. So there were a number of very, very prominent uh, Jewish people in, in at the time. But the main one is Simon Zuckus. Uh, I'm sure most of your listeners have heard of him. And he was exiled to the UK, and he was ex- he spent time in solitary confinement in prisons, etc. And he came back in 1964 to a hero's welcome, and he, until recently, was still a member of government. He's still alive, thank God. He's in his late 90s, and um, highly regarded. He received an award from the president for 50 years of, of uh, uh, to the country, and he wears his fancy medal on his uh, around his neck. But a very good man, a very, very good human being, and it's, we're proud that he's, uh, you know, that he's still very much proud to be Jewish and of his uh, background. Um, Stanley Fisher became the governor of the Bank of Israel, and he's now, or he just was recently, the deputy uh, governor of the Bank, the World Bank. Hmm. And he also grew up in Mazabuku in, in Zambia. Northern Rhodesia. The relationship between Zambia and its Jewish community and the relationship today between Zambia and Israel. Historically, the, the uh, Zambia, Northern Rhodesian country, had a very, very good relationship with the local Jewish community. And there was never, ever any form of anti-Semitism. Obviously, uh, it worked in the favor of both the Jewish community and the government at the time. 
Today, Israel and Zambia have a particularly close relationship. There are there is a bit of controversy at the moment where the, one of the former prime ministers, when he got out of jail, arrived there selling private aircrafts, <laughs> VIP, and running a marathon with the current president. But Israel works very closely with, with the Zambian government. There's very, very good relations at the moment. In fact, I remember recently they had a cholera outbreak, and I think Israel was one of the first countries to go in there. Correct. And, um, on the and copper help. belt. Correct. On the copper belt. Uh, okay. So the Zambian community today, of course, has whittled down, and you said there are? There are approximately 30 of the original Jews living in Zambia today. But there has been a newly opened museum in the center of Livingston. Correct. At the Railway Museum of Livingston, Correct. Can you tell me about it? Yeah, sure. Very exciting project. As I was saying before, David Sussman uh, bequeathed in his estate uh, funds to build a museum. He wanted it actually to be built in, in Lusaka. And we felt that while Lusaka is the capital, it's not a center of tourism. Victoria Falls, Livingston is most definitely much more. And also the local government of, of Zimbabwe have invested a few hundred million dollars in, in uplifting Zambia. I mean, Livingston to become more of a tourist attraction. So we built it at the railway, the historic railway uh, museum, and it depicts basically the history of the Jews from the day the first Jew arrived in Northern Rita, crossed over to the onto. The, do we know who the first Jew was? We do. I'm not sure who it was. It's in the book, <laughs> um, and and how they progressed, and it's got. It's very basic because it's done with. Uh, uh, there's often no electricity, et cetera. There's not too many pa uh, screens or whatever, but the, you've still got full-on historic panels display of each. So you've got uh, different themes, different uh, dates, different experiences, and then the different towns, et cetera. And at the end, there is a couple of panels on what Judaism is about okay. because most people uh, in Africa today have never seen or heard about a Jew. And, and so it actually goes from birth to death and everything in between about what it means to be Jewish. And can you describe just a little bit more? Is it a modern museum? Is it beautiful? Is it interactive? I'm just kind of dying to know what the museum looks like. Yeah, so as I said, it's got a, a, a large number of panels, yeah. and they've uh, got a lot of graphics on them as well as a lot of information. And it's I wouldn't say it's basic, but it's we have approximately 500 students a month coming there from the various schools. And we do have a tour guide who has been trained on, on what it's about, um, there, there are a few screens, but they're not very active because, as I say, often there isn't any uh, power on, on, at the museum. But it's very, very well received, and it's very easy to, uh, to, to comprehend and to see what's, what's happening. There are a few artifacts, some of the old foundation stones, and then we've got a display of Jewish artifacts as well, a shofar, a kippah, etc., so that it becomes more real. So were you part of putting the museum together? Yeah, absolutely. It's been a great project, a really, really wonderful project. How long has it taken you? It's taken approximately five years, um, and we're continuously upgrading it. We're continuously um, adding new panels, changing panels, just keeping it uh, active and keeping it alive. The idea of the book is uh, it's more of a souvenir coffee table kind of book. Yes. It contains <laughs> all the information that is on the panels. And the idea is for people to take it back and to buy it and once, once they've been to see it, to actually look back and see because it's besides a book called Zion in Africa, which is a book written on the history of Zambian Jewry, which is more of an academic book. This is the only book that's actually quite pictorial and quite informative about the brief history of Zambian Jewry. How can you get a copy of the book? 
It's through our offices. Uh, the email address is moshe at biyachad.co.za. Um, Rabbi, in terms of Africa generally, obviously there have been Jewish communities throughout the continent almost for over hundreds of years. Um, and as strife came, obviously they fled, similar to the, what you're telling me about in Zambia. Do you think there will be again an influx of Jews or stroke Israelis back into Africa? Well, there is an influx of Israelis into Africa, but we know why, and we're not <laughs> discussing that on the radio. Um, but uh, there's definitely a revival of Jews into Africa, a former member, people that lived there that are coming back, some of them in Zimbabwe, for example, the new government is offering uh, farmers their land back, mm. those that were, were taken away by the previous government, as well as factories, etc., because they're trying to encourage um, investment, etc. But we have to look at the reality of the matter is that the Jewish world in numbers is not growing. That's the fact. And so you don't have the people to come back with the threats, etc., of happening in the, in the world today against Jews, people are all running and moving to Israel, which is not a negative thing. The point is that we don't have the numbers to actually go, to go back into Africa, but there is an interest, definitely. Because I, when I think of African countries and the relationship with Jews, it's on the whole been unbelievably good. Absolutely. There's Absolutely. never been tension between Jews and Africans that I can think of. They don't have the history of the pogroms that the East, Eastern European sure. countries do. Sure. Even now. In, in most of our African countries that are affiliated to the African Jewish Congress and that have still Jewish communities in them, there is very little, if any, anti-Semitism or anti-Israel sentiment. Very, very little indeed. Don't forget, it, at the moment, it's in, the, it's in their interest to be friends with Israel because Israel is flooding into Africa for political reasons and other reasons. But um, there's very little... And it's a mutually beneficial relationship. Yes, of course, sure. Absolutely. I mean, I know, uh, yeah, Af Israel has kind of earmarked Africa for growth and development. Absolutely. With the aim, in, in addition to political friends, but also with the aim of helping Africa and Kenya with terrorism. Absolutely, absolutely. In my 25 years travel, and I've said it before, I have never, ever experienced anti-Semitism from black people in Africa. Never. And I travel extensively with my kippah on my head. And you go to the Congo, you go... Yeah, sure. What yeah. is your favorite African country? Do you have one? Namibia. Namibia? Yeah, absolutely. Which also has a strong, or had a very strong Jewish yeah, community. Yeah, had, but beautiful country, beautiful people. Uh, all Jewish communities in their way are, are unique and, and, and love them, and I love them all. It's, it's not one community over another. But a country per se... Namibia is probably my favorite. And again, obviously not a growing Jewish community there, but a, still a Jewish presence? Yes, very much so. Very much so. Small, but absolutely. Strong and… Absolutely. Yeah. I, I remember doing a program actually from, with somebody who had grown up there. Okay. And uh, she was encountering some of the kind of hair-raising stories of what it's like to live in such a sparse country and run out of possibly petrol or… <laughs> Whatever it was that she she at that moment didn't have. Yeah, but that was yeah that was her doing. Don't forget that <laughs> <laughs> she didn't check her her, her gauge on her, <laughs> her petrol tank. But otherwise, it's a fully functioning country. It's it's basically another province of South Africa, effectively, because mm -hmm. it works. The currency, everything is according to South Africa. Well, Robert, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much. You. And do you want to just give out any contact details just, for, just before we end the show? Yeah, so if anybody wants the book, um, they should contact me, as I said, on my email address, 
Moshe, M-O-S-H-E, at Beyachad, B-E-Y-A-C-H-A-D, dot C-O-Z-A. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you.